Hello, and welcome to A Day's Journey podcast, where we speak our grief and where we're on our journeys to healing out loud, having those difficult conversations about that taboo topic that everyone shies away from. I am Miyoshi Walker, your host, a grief advocate and a faith walker on assignment to share Jesus, helping individuals as well as myself of overcoming their fear of grieving, speaking their grief, learning how to heal out loud, as well as having faith faith and trust in God on their journey. A Day's Journey podcast will focus on God, grief, and growth. We will speak healing, wellness, and become whole and having faith in God while navigating through grief while we're healing out loud. I answered the call and began sharing my grief stories and experiences of how God helped me begin my healing process. I am super excited about A Day's Journey podcast where we will focus on healing out loud. Hello and welcome to A Day's Journey podcast. Um, I am excited about this series that is taking place and taking form, The Power of Storytelling. And this week we'll have Donna Hickman sharing her story on her faith walk in business and ministry. And so I'm excited for with her story will bring to us. And we all know that everyone has some type of faith walk. And so in Hebrews 11, 1 and 2, it says, now faith is the assurance of things things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. For it is by the men of old received divine approval. And that's the greatest motivation of all to know that, you know, we are wanting to please Christ out of our heart of gratitude and that we will stand before him one day and we will hope to hear the words well done my good and faithful servant and so with that being said we have to know that we have to operate in faith because without faith it's impossible to please God and We need to know that no matter what our faith is, the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not not seen. And so faith is just visualizing the future in advance, knowing that without a doubt, God will be able to do what he said he's going to do in faith. And if we continue to walk in it and believe and, and seeing things that we know that seem impossible to us but possible with God because believing is seeing and so um, with that we're going to go on into the episode the power storytelling my faith walk in business and ministry with Donna Hickman I hope that you enjoy the episode hello and let's welcome Donna Hickman to A Day's Journey podcast. And I am excited because we have Miss Donna that's coming on to uh, share her story with the Power of Storytelling series. And her topic is my faith walk in business and ministry. So I'm excited to hear about that. So let me tell you a little bit about what I know about Donna and she can introduce herself once she come on. Um, I know Donna as um, she's from Chicago. She has multiple degrees. She has three beautiful daughters. I know her as being God's girl because no matter what she put her faith to, God always see you through. Um, She's definitely a giver and a servant of God. And she loves love. 
like no matter who you are, whoever she come across, um, she's a connector, you know, the person who focuses on her life, but also takes the approach of people in her business about her business, but she get the results done with ease because of her credibility and the trust from her network. She's also a serial entrepreneur, a big supporter. And most of all, she is my sister. Welcome, Donna. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here today. Well, thank you so much for accepting. And I'm excited to hear what you will have to share with the audience. So um, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself? Who is Donna? Sure. Um, born and raised on the south side of Chicago. Um, my dad was a pastor. My mom was a stay-at-home mom. Um, my dad was a serial entrepreneur. Um, he was a pastor. He owned real estate. He had a paint store. He had just multiple businesses. Um, I was a teen mom at the age of 17, and then I was a teen bride at the age of 19. Hmm. So I spent the majority of my um, adult life in my 20s and 30s, married, raising three girls, and um, just really trying to discover who Fana is and what I was put on this earth to do. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, thank you. Um, so with you saying, with you finding out who Thana was or created to do or put on this earth to do, what was the pivotal point that you said, okay, I, I have to figure this out. I want to know who I am. What made that trigger besides well, I was raised in church, and so I really understood purpose at a very young age. Um, so I'll never forget when I was 17 years old and I got pregnant. Um, I did not want to be pregnant, and so the only option for not being pregnant is an abortion. Mm-hmm. And I remember making three appointments and I just spiritually I just was not allowed to go through with that abortion Mm -hmm. and I remember telling God because at 17 that was like the worst season I felt like I was going through Mm -hmm. because I had just got accepted into college and um you know I wanted to go off to school like my sisters yes so um At 17 years old, I remember telling God, um, if he would get me through that season, I would live my life serving him. And I remember journaling very, very, very heavily during that season. Uh And so I got through it, you know, to the best of my ability. Um, But I saw some goodness in that season. And almost felt like I owe God to really live my life serving him. Um, So I didn't necessarily understand what that type of life looked like. But I do remember seeking God at the age of 22. I was married and I had just given birth to my third child Mm -hmm. at 22 years old. And life was just very chaotic for me. 
and because of my foundation, I always knew that God was the one that I needed to turn to. And I remember being in a season of really praying Mm -hmm. and I was woken up one morning and I went straight to my Bible because I still used the physical Bible, not the computer (laughs) Bible that we use now. Right. That has changed. And ironically, I went to my Bible to Luke 4 and I never, ever um, had just known about Luke 4 Uh And literally the spirit took me to Luke 4 and 18 and I'll never forget that day. And after reading that scripture, um, and I don't know how familiar the audience is with that scripture, but after reading that scripture, I was in heavy pursuit. Um, And the scripture just says, the spirit of the Lord is on me. He has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind and to set the oppressed free. Wow. And that's all I knew. And since that time, since I went to that scripture, I, I was just in pursuit of what, God had placed me and left me here on this earth to do. Wow. So what do you think that the faith in that moment meant to you in order to execute that? Oh, I didn't even understand all that came with it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, I just relied on my faith in knowing that the spirit of the Lord was with me because he divinely took me directly to that scripture to show me that he was with me to go out and to serve and that he anointed me to do it. Um, I didn't understand what that journey meant. I didn't even understand what it looked like. Mm -hmm. Um, But since that day, and even to this day, because of what he showed me that day at 22 years old, I always know that he is with me and he's anointed me to do all that I'm doing. Wow. So in moments when you felt like you gone through the adversity and difficult times, um, mm-hmm. what inspired and motivated you to keep going, even though it's, it, see, I know you had the faith, but sometimes, you know, our faith mm-hmm. can waver and sometimes mm-hmm. it just feel like nothing is coming through. So what gave you the motivation to like, you know, want to continue to walk? Because like you stated, your title that you're going to speak about is your faith walk in business and um, in your ministry. So, you know, sometimes, you know, our faith can waver. So what kept that foundation there? Um, Honestly, my personal relationship with God. Mm -hmm. I had a personal relationship at the age of 10. I remember. getting in line at my dad's church to give my life to Christ at 10 years old. And after I was prayed over and gave my life to Christ, I went over to a corner and I got on my knees and I prayed and I was crying at 10 years old. And I don't know how long I was praying, but when I got up, all the other youth in the church were in line giving their life to Christ. Wow. I knew at a young age that I was called Mm -hmm. and 
I have gone through some very, very dark seasons mm-hmm. in my adult life, but I always just knew who I was in Christ. Like I always knew who I was. And even in my darkest seasons, I always knew that the Lord was with me. I couldn't see the other side. Mm-hmm. I couldn't even tell you what I hoped the other side would look like, but I always knew there was another another side. Yes. Um, you know, I never wrestled with feeling like my dark season would basically just be my life. Mm-hmm. I used to always say, this is not my life. This is not my life. I knew that there was something greater for me because I knew and saw from a young age as a little girl, the call that God had on my life. So, you know, I know it's common to say our faith walk and it was my faith walk, but it was me also having relationship and knowing. And I I don't want to sound real deep because relationship doesn't mean I was just with my Bible in my lap every day. Right, exactly. It was it was it was my inner spirit knowing that's good and knowing the promises that um the promises that God had placed over my life and and I knew that if he said it he had no choice but to bring it to pass mm-hmm. i had seen and tasted of his faithfulness at different seasons so you know through the dark seasons I had to continue to tell myself that that wasn't my life, that there was going to be another side. That's good because, and I say it's good in a sense because it is good to know, like if someone is on the brink of giving up and knowing that they in a dark season or in that pit that, you know, no matter what it looked like, if you believe and have that faith and you can believe in yourself just, or just have that faith of a mustard seed that you can come out of it eventually, even though, you're in it it's not what it's look what it looked like so exactly with the power of sharing stories and with someone being vulnerable and transparent you get to see the beauty of what happened when god can be present in a situation and so exactly and so with you being so young at that time and what you know now what would you Mm -hmm. have told your 22 year old self you know when you was going through those dark seasons and moments and I know you know faith play a factor but what is it something that oh man that you will tell your 22 year old self you know me oh she my daughters ask me this question all Mm -hmm. the time wow and I tell them I say you know that little still small voice that Mm -hmm. you girls hear that'll tell you no, don't do that. Mm Or this person, it doesn't mean you well, they mean you harm. And you still don't follow it and do whatever. I always tell my daughters, that still small voice is the spirit. Mm -hmm. And if, oh, I could tell you the countless times where I didn't believe in myself enough to follow that voice, I didn't believe that I was worthy for that voice to be leading and guiding me. Mm. I depended on others 
to get direction for my life when the whole time it was inside of me the entire time. Yes, absolutely. I would tell my 21, 22-year-old self to listen to that voice, Mm -hmm. to be confident in myself and continue to tell myself who I am so that I can take steps towards my growth. Um, that, that is what I would tell myself. And that's what I tell my daughters. Oh my God. That, that was good because sometimes we do forget to encourage ourselves or speak over ourselves or speak life in a situation. We just see the situation as it is and like become stuck instead of mm-hmm. being past that or listening to that still small voice. And so mm-hmm. How did you find joy in the midst of your hardships? Where did your joy come from? Because my, you know. my joy came from serving. That's so easy for me. My oh, joy my. came from serving. Wow. I could be going through, and remember I told you I was a teen mom at 19. Uh-huh. So I grew up in a, um, I didn't know that I lived well, but I grew up upper middle class. Uh-huh. Um, but when I made the choice to become a teen bride at 19, my father basically told me, hey, okay, this is your choice. You're about to experience life. And boy, did I experience it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I went through so many dark seasons with being such a young mother. Uh, By 22, I had given birth to my third child. Mm -hmm. So with me being such a young mother and trying to discover who I was and how to provide for my kids. And um, I went through some really, really dark seasons, um, even just being married to a young husband. Wow. Um, he, he didn't have the knowledge or uh, the background from his family to even know how to take care of a family or what that looked like. Mm-hmm. So my out and where I could always just take my mind outside of my situation is when I was serving others. I mean, even even in my young 20s, you know, I remember I would set up women's conferences and bring in these speakers. I was the administrator at my church in my early 20s and handled all the financials. Um, I was licensed and ordained by 25. And I always found unique ways to serve outside of the pulpit. And that was really my out. It gave me joy. It gave me a sense of fulfillment. And it always led me back to Luke 4 and 18. Mm. Wow. So as a server, you couldn't help but to, you know, go into having a nonprofit as in serving like majorly. One, tell us a little bit about that. How did you cross over into that? And, you know, how did that, you know, become established? Sure. So I moved from Chicago to Dallas in 2007. Um, and when I moved from Chicago to Dallas, I joined this very small ministry here and in 2008 in the ministry uh, the pastor was doing a series on uh, divine purpose 
And I mean, you know, at the time we, we used to think that purpose was just one thing that you landed on and boom, you're done. Right. Right. Um, and obviously I feel differently about that now, but he was doing a series on purpose. And so what it allowed me to do through that series was to center myself on what God truly wanted me to do. Mm -hmm. And uh, God has always dealt with me and my dreams. I am an avid dreamer. Um, And you know what? Excuse me, because I didn't really mean for this to be a very spiritual conversation, but for some reason. That's any means. Okay. Yeah, for some reason. And, you know, I I just have to be honest about, you know, my spiritual life. I really am. Absolutely. Um, So. I am an avid dreamer and I always have been. And um, one night I was dreaming and I saw a home and I saw girls and it was during this purpose series. And I literally got up and started writing. And from what I wrote, I put it into a PowerPoint. And within a couple of weeks, I kept building that PowerPoint. It was a program for teen moms where I was teaching them because remember, I was a teen mom. Right. I was teaching them and showing them how to live, how to do things. I always could cook. Um, I always did well with corporate positions and um at the time, I was actually finishing my bachelor's degree in business administration. So um, it, the PowerPoint was really me teaching and showing moms. And I put this PowerPoint together. And um, literally, it was like my blueprint. Mm-hmm. And when people ask me where I got it from, I, I absolutely, like the spirit gave it to me. And from that day, I was in pursuit of what I thought was purpose, right? Yeah, right. Um, again, that looks very different to me today because I live life on purpose daily now. Right. But, you know, I had to have, I, I guess I needed to have that mindset in order to get to where I am today. But um, I was in pursuit of that. And so as I pursued it, I worked it. I started teaching in the school districts and um, quickly needed to add to that PowerPoint a residential program because as I got into the school districts, I didn't just walk around with this PowerPoint. I started acting on it. But as I got into the school districts, I quickly learned that these mothers needed housing. They were focused on basic survival, diapers, food, housing. Yeah. So I wrote out a program for a residential program. And, you know, Miyoshi, the I thing is there was nothing that worked in my favor to open up a shelter for teen moms. Uh Um, I didn't have a social work degree. Mm. I, um, I wasn't, I had never been a case manager I was actually a catastrophe manager where I worked storms that hit the United States. That was my corporate career. So nothing was really in my favor. And here I am, 
looking to open a home, which is the social work in emergency housing field. And I knew nothing about it. So I had to learn. But I kept telling everybody that I met, if you met me, mm-hmm. I told you that I was opening a home for teen moms who were homeless and pregnant. I kept saying it. So you spoke um, it into existence. You believed it. You had mm-hmm. the to mm-hmm. believe that it was going to happen. Mm-hmm. And I had this PowerPoint. And literally, I kept being told, no, I would be so close to acquiring a home and something would happen and fall apart and I couldn't get it. And um, yeah, I, I just kept being told no. And I worked every aspect of what I could work outside of having the residential home. You worked with me when we were mentoring. We would yeah. go up to DeSoto Wings yeah. um, and mentor the teen moms up there every week. Yes, I was yes. leaving the office. You were leaving appointments and your kids, and we yeah. would say this is the hour on Wednesdays. Right, and it was like one or two other people that would volunteer with us. Right, yes, and we would go and just serve that demographic because I knew nobody could ever tell me that God didn't show me what to do and give me this vision. Wow, um, and, and I'm so just, I just. I'm smiling because just to hear you say that and know what you, you, and you're right, you always spoke it and you always said it and you always believed in your mission and your vision. And I'm just like, you know, as you're sharing your story, all the things that you experienced and went through shaped you and prepared you for it because it was Mm -hmm. coming. And even with with the, the other type of insurance and other things that you were doing it still played a role in what you are doing and so as I always state you know nothing that we go through or went through is wasted because God definitely gathered the fragments and make it whole Mm -hmm. so oh my goodness so so I'm smiling so much because you know, I don't know the entire story, but I remember that portion of the story and you were so dedicated and you were so adamant. And for me mm-hmm. to even know with you saying it, I would never have known that, no, she was getting, you know, these no's or it wasn't even, you know, taking form or even having that foundation to, you know, take shape. I just assumed that it was all just unfolding. And no. So, what made you, because I know it's a faith-based nonprofit, so what made you stick mm-hmm. to your spiritual business idea when it was overwhelming or seemed, when it seemed like it was too much to learn? Um, because I knew, I knew that the Lord was with me mm-hmm. and, and I knew what he had shown me. Yeah. And there, there are some things, um, that we just come up with and we just say, oh, I came up with this. No, I was assured Mm -hmm. that God had given me that and even the method that he gave it to me. And don't get me wrong. There were some years that I I walked away from it because I was exhausted Mm -hmm. with, um, with the nose, exhausted with the process. But all of these years, 
Because remember, that was 2008. Mm -hmm. So all of these years, I always kept an iron in the fire. Mm -hmm. Even if I wasn't working it intensely, I kept an iron in the fire. I kept my paperwork up to date. Um, I, I was adamant on keeping all of my business documents in order and mm -hmm. up to date. Uh, because you never just knew when that door would open and right. I always wanted to be ready to walk through it. Um, and if even if people asked me what I was doing, what I was working on, oh, I talked about it like it was about to happen next Yeah, year. yes, you did. <laughs> yeah. And so with that, yeah. that, that to me is saying about your faith walk, because mm -hmm. even if you did put it on pause for a few years or, you know, a few months or however long you did, it, even in God's word, it says to rest. So it was okay to rest, but you still was being active in your faith and your faith yeah. walk. So yep. therefore, you know, God saw your commitment. He saw your heart and he saw that you was adamant about, you know, this desire he placed upon your heart. And so, when you got the yes and things began to unfold, <laughs> what did that look like to you? Because so I really I want to tell you the season I was in when I got the yes. Okay. I was in a very weary season. Mm -hmm. Um and there was a lot of tears involved in this season. Things weren't things weren't going well in my home. Mm -hmm. Um my ex-husband kept pursuing business things and hitting brick walls and I had stepped away from my corporate career because I said well maybe if I just give myself one year to pour myself into learning this and figuring out how to get the money to do it it'll happen and I wasn't even one year into this one year that I stepped away from corporate and my home just could not sustain financially me being away from corporate. Um, because remember, I got married at 19. So I never, at 19, you don't marry who you're going to be. You marry where you are in that season because you don't know where you're going to be, who you're going to be 20 years from there. Right. So I wasn't married to someone who could really just provide and take care of the household while I pursued my big dream of opening a shelter. Mm -hmm. so you know I'm literally like losing a lot during this season and decided I needed to go back to corporate so I started searching for nonprofits to go work for I said maybe I could take my insurance experience and my business experience not go back to insurance but maybe find a nonprofit. I'm gonna tell you something so unique there is a nonprofit called Guidestone. Mm -hmm. And if you don't know what Guidestone is, they are a nonprofit financial agency. Mm. So they have an insurance agency and they do um, Christian trading. Uh, I mean, they are in Forbes everything. Wow. Somehow I stumbled upon, not somehow, this is, this is all my steps were ordered. Yes. I applied at this nonprofit insurance agency where they only insured churches. Do you hear me? Yes. They only insure churches. Mm 
Mm-hmm. And I interviewed, and of course I got the job. Mm-hmm. Now, it was not a high-paying job at all. It was not a job used to what I was, it, I, I wasn't, I took a huge pay cut. Okay? Yeah, yeah. So the Monday I'm driving downtown to start this job, I cried the entire time and wanted to exit and go back home. One, it wasn't the money I was used to making. Two, I felt like I had failed on my dreams and my visions for opening this shelter for teen moms. Because for some reason, I thought if I took, if I left insurance, took off work and put all my focus on opening this shelter, that it just had to happen for me. Yeah. But there was a process that I had to go through. Obedience doesn't mean that it's going to be easy. Right. Oh. I mean, I, how many times do I say that? Obedience doesn't mean mm-hmm. it's going to be easy. Obedience means you have direction and you get some grace and favor along the way. Yes. So I, love I that. didn't know that this position was the direction of my obedience. Mm -hmm. So I'm driving downtown. I will never forget. I called my ex-husband and I was bawling, crying, messing up my makeup. Mm -hmm. And I said, why do I have to go? I said, I know what God showed me to do. Like, why do I have to do this? I have something else I'm supposed to be doing. He basically was like, look, girl, we losing everything. You better go to that job. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I understand. I understand. So I get to this job, and I am more experienced than everybody in my department, even my manager. And I didn't understand it. I ended up making some lifelong friends at this job, but they gave me the territory of Dallas-Fort Worth for the churches that I would be handling. And one of the biggest churches on my account was Cornerstone Baptist Church. Wow. So where you are a member currently. I am currently a member of Cornerstone Baptist Church, but I didn't know Cornerstone Baptist Church. I didn't know the pastor. My married last name is Simmons, Mm -hmm. and this pastor's last name is Simmons. Wow. So what piqued my interest with this church as I'm handling the insurance account and making sure the church is properly insured is they kept calling me to add more properties to their policy. Mm -hmm. I mean, they kept calling me. (laughs) <laughs> so at one point they called and said that they had bought three homes behind the church. They said they weren't going to keep them, but they needed to insure the three homes um, because until they tore them down, they were going to use the lots for parking. Wow. But until they tore the three homes down, they needed to insure the properties. Okay, no big deal. So my ex-husband who was um, an aspiring preacher at the time, mm-hmm. kept saying, hey, do you know any pastors I can go to to help me church plant? And so I'm handling insurance for all of these churches in DFW. And so I suggested that he go to the head of the Dallas Baptist Association network. The head of that network, when he went to see him, told him to go see Pastor Chris Simmons at Cornerstone Baptist Church. What? I'm not making this up. What? Yes. 
Wow. He goes to see Pastor Chris Simmons at Cornerstone Baptist Church. Wow. Pastor takes him on a tour of the neighborhood and he tells Pastor Chris Simmons that his wife is, has a nonprofit for teen moms and is looking for a home. Wow. Pastor Chris Simmons told him to have me come see him. Well, guess what happened when I came to see him? We discovered that I was handling his insurance. Oh, hometown. the alignment. The uh, talk Your about alignment. steps are ordered. You hear yes. me? Yes. Because oh, remember, Miyoshi, I told you I'm driving downtown my first day to yes. the job. Yes. And I cried. I did not want to go. So I come to a meeting with Pastor Chris Simmons. And he says, hey, let's hop in the car. Let me go see, show you a house. This is my first meeting with him. Wow. I am like, we go behind the church. There are the three homes that I have added to his insurance policy. And he says, what about this one in the middle for Viola's house? My God. Listen, just like that. Wow. And we walk into the home and I was, I was not grateful. <laughs> the home, I said, I see why y'all was tearing these houses down. The home was dilapidated, mold everywhere, clothing in the walls for insulation. And so I say, well, what do I do? He said, oh, we'll help you. We'll help you. I'll show you. We'll help you raise some money. Like, no big deal, right? Wow. wow. So here I go and I start this partnership with Pastor Chris Simmons and Cornerstone Baptist Church in this little dilapidated home that I took a picture of. So I have to I ask said, this real quick. So uh-huh. what was you feeling in the moment of like you the the connection and you got the home and what was you feeling in that moment? My my mind was blown and then I'm conflicted because I walk into this home and like how do I put girls in here this is I mean the house was horrible Mm -hmm. it was horrible and so I was conflicted but I knew that this partnership with him was my next step I knew it I knew it yeah. And and here's the ironic thing about all of it. Oh the ex-husband that I told you um told Pastor Chris Simmons about me and okay. set up the meeting. Mm-hmm. We're not even married no more. Oh wow. Okay? We we not married no more. Oh my goodness. Oh right. Like he got me yes. it, it listen, my steps were ordered. My steps yes. were ordered. Yes, absolutely. So um, in my pursuit of starting this residential program in this now donated space, mm-hmm. um, Pastor Chris Simmons said, hey, I'm going to give you one apartment so you can get started. He said, because you can't really apply for grants unless you're already housing. So, so here Pastor we go. Chris was just God sent, put in the mm-hmm. equation. Mm-hmm. What? Oh my God. You know how they say it takes one person to yes! shift the trajectory of 
No, he was definitely my one person. Oh my gosh. No questions asked. He was my one person. That is just how good God is because he saw Mm -hmm. your faithfulness and your commitment Mm -hmm. and your consistency of what you were and 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 it and it's true. It just takes Mm -hmm. one person in one moment to change the trajectory of whatever it is that God and why why this man even believed oh. in me? Maybe because at the time I was married to a Simmons. You mm-hmm. see how that works? Yes. You see yes. how that works? You yeah. know, yeah. maybe at the time because I was working downtown at his insurance agency. Right. You see yeah. how that works? Yes. yes. Whatever was I'm... happening in my life in that moment, mm-hmm. this stranger believed in me. Yes. He saw something in me and believed in me. And that's why I asked, why did you feel like, what did you feel like in that moment? Because it's it's like, it it all connected in some type and of I, way. And I couldn't even see the big picture. I didn't know he was going to call me two weeks later and offer me an apartment. Wow. Oh, wait, you offered me a house and now you offer me an apartment? I was like, what? Who does this? I, I, let's just be honest. Let's think yes, about what absolutely. I'm Let's just be honest. Who does that? Absolutely. But talk about the timing. Yeah. And he wasn't offering me money. He like, look, you got to work your vision. Right. But I am going to give you the space to do it. Do what you do what's in your heart to do. Do what you said you were going to do. And I tell you what, that that journey. So I enter from, I exit from one phase of this faith walk into an action phase of what I had been praying for. It didn't come to me packaged the way I thought it would be packaged. Mm -hmm. It didn't come to me looking the way that I thought it would look. But here I am in this season where it's here and I have a dilapidated house that's boarded up and I put two beds in an apartment and here I am, I'm in this thing now. Yeah, so we did a press release for two beds and I had 10 applicants, Miyoshi. Wow. And you were around for that time. Yes. So you really, you really yeah. remember the process. I was asking y'all for everything. Yes, yes. I need sheets, I need pillows, I need beds, I need food. Yes. Um, but every need we, was met. Every need. Oh, man. Every need was met. Every need was met. And I grew from one apartment to three. Wow. To three. And the funds were rolling in somehow. Pastor tell me and said, call me and say, hey, I got 25000 more for the house. Mm-hmm. Hey, I got this much more for the house. Wow. Until finally, he had literally fundraised for the renovation. Of this house wow literally i would and- do some talking i would show my powerpoint he would tell me hey i'm sending somebody around to the apartments um you know tell them what you're doing show them what you're working on and somehow some way the funds were raised to complete the renovation of the maternity home that we're in right now wow and it's just it's just mind-blowing of knowing when you know to hear your story of the teen pregnancy to the the teen marriage to the hardships mm-hmm. to getting this vision to not knowing how to do it um mm-hmm. 
you know, starting over with your job and in your life, um, what would you do or what would you say if someone didn't know where to place their faith? What lesson did you gain from the failures of the things that you went through? So what is something that you gained in this and knowing that if I don't get, give up and I, and it's clear as day, what, what the outcome, mm -hmm. is, but those that just haven't made it there just yet, what can you give them? Mm -hmm. Well, one of the main things that um, I can give them is even if they don't see the major growth mm -hmm. to always, always, always focus on the small wins every day and to operate in an attitude of um, gratefulness. Yes. So any small win towards your goal is a win. Don't discount the small opportunities. Don't discount the steps along the way because all of them are leading you to where you need to be. See, I discounted taking this job, paying less, like, what the world does this job have to do with me opening a shelter? <laughs> yes. but, but it was so divine. Yes. It, yeah. Um, so you can't discount your process and know that nothing comes with ease. So there is going to be a process. Be open to it and don't discount the process along the way. I like that. Don't discount the process along the way. Um, and that's very, very important because I can look back now and Miyoshi, I always look back and say, man, God, I wish I had saw then what yeah. you were doing. Yeah. Oh man, I wish I had not cried that night because I couldn't even see what you were doing. You were setting me up. But yeah. those tears I cried, those emotions, that person I went off on. Yeah. The, you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Like, yeah, I, I, if I would have just learned to really just like now, when I have a small win and I operate in, I live life on purpose daily. I say that, right? Yes. So because I'm operating in purpose daily and on purpose daily, I see these pockets of gratitude and every day I'm grateful for the wins and I'm grateful for the losses because I know the no's and the losses is just direction now. I understand divine direction. So, um, yeah, that's really what I would tell people. Don't discount their process and, and their steps along the way and just you know, really be open and cognizant of those wins and be grateful for them. Yes, because I, as you're talking, I'm just thinking about it's in those pouring out moments to others that mm -hmm. you can up. And when you get to use your gifts and you mm -hmm. can do for others, you can see breakthroughs and chains broken. And, you know, you can be filled up by you know, just by seeing the impact of that and not being necessarily filled up by stuff. And so yeah. the, the last question that I want to ask before I ask the fire rapid questions that I've asked everybody at the end, I want to ask uh -huh. one last question to you. So to those mm -hmm. that are not clear on their why, what would you tell them? 
when they're not clear on their why as to why they're doing what they're doing. Yes, absolutely. To keep going. Mm. So don't don't ever just be stagnant because you don't know because you'll stumble into it. See, again, we've been taught that purpose is this in landing point in this aha, I have landed here, but then what? Right. No. Purpose is over the course of a lifetime and then carried into eternity. So keep going. You will stumble into your why. It will all make sense one day. Because Miyoshi, I'm not married to that man anymore. I'm not at that job anymore. I am full time working in what I was called to do. And that's just a portion of what I was called to do. I haven't, I'm not going to see it all until I leave this earth. Exactly. Destiny, destiny will be fulfilled when I close my eyes. Yes. And I leave here. So here's the thing. Keep going because you're going to stumble into it. Be aware and be open for moments of purpose because they're right there and they're right in front of your face every single day. Absolutely. Every single day. And even I didn't, um, you know this, but as I was running the residential program, um, I had to have a major surgery, which Mm -hmm. changed my voice. Right. And I didn't understand why. You know, I kept telling God, I did what you told me to do. I got six girls living in apartments. I'm going through the ugliest divorce ever. My Mm -hmm. kids are suffering from it. And now I have a surgery to get a trachea reconstructed and it takes away my voice. Really, God? Really? You really got to show me the purpose in this. But there was purpose in all of it. Because even though I was doing what God told me to do, he had something so much greater than even I could see. Mm-hmm. And there were lessons that I needed to learn in a process that I had to go through. And he had to shift me into a different season. Mm-hmm. That's true. So even though I was operating in ministry, mm-hmm. there was a shift that needed to take place. And for me to shift over and get into that other season, I had to go through a process. And that process almost took me out. I mean, literally, I was on life support for wow. four days. Yeah. And, and the thing is, while I was in that season, then I became bitter at what God had told me to do and feeling like I was losing everything because of it. Mm-hmm. And I finally had to snap back, remember who I was and say, there is purpose even in the pain. Yes. Absolutely. And there's a reason that God is allowing me to go through this. And that pain literally shifted me mm-hmm. into a whole nother season. A whole nother season in business, in ministry, with the shelter. And I have landed in places and stepped into rooms now. Come on. That I could only dream of being. I used to envision and dream yeah. of being in these type of rooms. 
Yes. Yeah, I used to envision and dream on being on the front page of the Dallas Morning News. Well, come on, give you your heart. Yes, absolutely. I used to envision and dream, oh, I'm going to open this. Oh, I'm going to do this. Yeah. We're about to have a grand opening for a baby benefit boutique in South Dallas. Yes. It is the first of its kind. I'm excited for you. And we for are about to, we are about to um, close with Cornerstone Baptist Church on a 15-unit apartment complex because DHA is moving slow and we're going to provide our own housing. We have housed in the maternity home since that moment that I told you about of meeting with Pastor Chris, over 240 moms and babies. So don't tell me there's no purpose in pain. And Miyoshi, I have 17 full-time employees oh 17 mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. and what is the year span that you have been in this position the year how many years yes i shifted the the whole everything shifted for me uh with the ministry financially with recognition, with grants, when I went through that very, very, very painful season in 2017, mm. I lost everything. But look and how even double, yeah. over yep. double. Yep. So what I'm what I'm hearing before we go to the, the rapid questions, but what I'm hearing from you, if we put in or individuals put in biblical principles before profits. And doing things that's right and having a faith walk and trusting those those moments and where God put us in and being a good steward over those things, that's when things begin to take place and evolve and become and and uh, take shape. That's what I yes. heard. And, and I, you heard correct. You summed <laughs> that up very well. Yes, I love it. I love it. And then I tell y'all she God's girl. Because no matter how many times uh, we've been friends, sisters for a minute, and whatever she say, it comes to pass, and it comes to pass in a big way, in a big way. And so for that, I am I stay encouraged, and I know that when she receives it, I am so excited because it's nothing like when you have favor, when you when when you see this per- person operating in faith on their faith walk even though I don't know all the ins and outs but what I do know and what you do share I'm just mm-hmm. like God you know if 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 you can do it for my sister surely you can do it for me you can do it for this person you can do it for that person you can do it for anybody who has the faith to believe and and, and continually to trust in you so with yes. that I'm excited I am excited for what's to come for you and Viola's house and so after the questions, the fire rapid questions, I'm going to allow you to sh- uh, share how people can find you with Viola's house and other any other okay. things that you would like to share. Um, so the rapid fire que- questions is just answering either in one word or a complete sentence or however you choose to, to answer it. And so the first question I want to ask you is legacy to me is. Um, service. That's good. What is being authentic? Myself. Mm 
and following my spirit. Oh, go ahead. I said me. Okay. Vulnerability is... Did I just ask you that one? Vulnerability is... um, For me... um, Transparent in um, where I am in that moment, in that season and um, having the people around me that I can be vulnerable with. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. So yeah, vulnerability for me is just pouring out my heart, uh-huh. whatever, whatever that is on my heart, but um, absolutely knowing where I can pour. Mm, that's good. I like that. And lastly, if you could be known for one thing, what would it be? Community, grace, and service. Mm. Like that, that's just me. Well, you're on the path, my sister. You are on the path. <laughs> you are definitely on the path. And oh, so thank I you. Want to say thank you for such an awesome story and uh sharing your faith walk in your business and ministry it definitely have given me a boost of extra what i needed and i hope that you know um some word was imparted upon someone where it can help them on their faith walk and so can you share with us um a little bit about vala's house and other things that you have going on and how they can connect sure. Absolutely. So um, we have our maternity home where we always need uh, baby cutlers. Right now we have five moms that live here in the maternity home with their babies. Um, And then we have the baby benefit boutique that is opening up March 5th. It's the grand opening for the baby benefit boutique. It is um, up. Hold on one second. I need to cough. Okay. It is... um, it's an upscale resale store for babies in okay. South Dallas. Uh-huh. Um, and then, so with that, we always need volunteer groups and volunteers back in our back warehouse, pricing and tagging clothes and washing clothes and things like that. Uh-huh. Um, <coughs> excuse me. That's okay. And finally, we have our mobile unit that goes out into the community, to the WIC offices, to Walmart, to um, the high schools. Wait, I said finally, but that's not a final. Right. Um, We also have our Dallas Independent School District Uh Maternity Project, in which we go to three different high schools once a month. And during that time, we serve hundreds of mothers within a matter of hours. And we always, always need volunteers for that. So we have several ways you can serve. If you can't serve, you can always bless us by giving. You can go directly to our website at www.violashouse.org. You can do a one-time donation, or you can set up a monthly um reoccurring donation and let's see what else I think I've covered a lot (laughs) but we would love to have anyone that wants to serve Um, and then one thing that I do want to highlight is this year is our second annual sister summer soiree Mm -hmm. and 
I did that for the first time last year during Juneteenth weekend. Yes. We're doing it again this year during Juneteenth weekend. It is for women like you and me who are African American in business, in nonprofit, in ministry, um, for us to come together, connect, and for us to make an impact as sisters. Love so, it. So uh, we always have a lot going on and I would love for people to join us and partner with us and show up at an event. Yes. Oh, my God. You guys will have an amazing time. You will leave with so much information. And so um, to find Thana, again, you can go to the website or and I will leave it in the show notes or her social media um, pages. Mm -hmm. And I'll leave that also in the show notes for you guys to get in contact with her so you can know what's going on and how to volunteer. So again, my sister, I love you dearly. I appreciate Thanks, you Thanks for sharing your story. I am just, um, just excited to see, you know, the places that you'll go and things that got to do through you. So many blessings. Oh, thank you. Thank you, sis. And let me just say this about you. Mm -hmm. Um, you are one of the people in my circle who from the beginning, from the day that I met you, you supported and believed in everything that I told you I was going to do. Yeah. And I mean, you didn't just say, I'm praying for you, sis. Like you supported and believed tangibly. You yeah. gave up your time, your talent, your resources, your money, just everything. Um, and you know, I always say this to my other friends. I was like, Miyoshi, I'm always ride for her yeah. because y'all wasn't nowhere around when she was showing up on Wednesdays. <laughs> there were no benefits in this. Yeah, when she was around. Right. You know, there are people around now who you love them, but they're around during the season where there's benefits for being around. Yeah, but there were no benefits for you um, with the way that you chose to serve. So I love you. I always will. And um, you have just always, and I could, I know we've been on here long, but That's okay. you know, I gave your example, uh, an example this summer to your daughter yes. of ways that you have showed yeah. up for me in my life that I will Not never, good. ever forget. We yeah. never forget. So just thank you. Thank you for being obedient. Thank you for being you and thank you for always being my biggest cheerleader yes. because you truly are. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you, sis. I, I, I appreciate those heartfelt words. And and just like you, I love to serve and I, I, I love people. I love God. I love you some God. And so uh, I just appreciate you. So thank you for those kind words. And again, thank you for this amazing story that you have shared and many blessings for you. Okay. Well, this was great, and uh, I will see you soon. Okay. Have a good day. You too. Bye. On today, I want to offer, if you are not saved and you desire to become saved and accept Jesus Christ into your life, read the scripture, Romans 10, 9 through 10. If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified and it is with your mouth that you confess and you are saved. Romans 10, 9 through 10.
may God have a blessing to the readers, hearers, and doers of his holy word. And if you are looking for a church home, I pray that you pray um, to God to lead and guide you um, to a church home so that you can, you know, um, get um, the teaching, um, become baptized, um, tell someone else about your new faith in Christ, and spend time with God each word in prayer and reading his Bible and seek out other followers of, of Jesus in order to um, help you on your walk of being newly saved. Many blessings to you. That's it for today's episode. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of A Day's Journey Podcast. Please subscribe, rate, download, and leave a review on A Day's Journey Apple Podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Rate the show. Be sure to share on your social media pages. Tag or mention me to let me know what you think about the show. For additional information, you can find A Day's Journey community on Facebook at A Day's Journey Podcast or by email, A Day's Journey Podcast at gmail.com. Please like our Facebook page. Follow us on Instagram. Have a great rest of your week. Many blessings. <music>